this week on The Startup Life. The best way to sustain yourself, you know, business-wise is to keep those relationships because they know people too. And over time, those previous business relationships can get you new business. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Corbin Carpenter, attorney and managing member of Carpenter Law PLLC. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a special guest in the building today. We got my man Corbin Carpenter, C-squared over here. We're Corbin to law. How's it going, man? It's going, good brother. How you doing, man? I can't complain. Can't complain. You ready to support some uh, knowledge in the Startup Nation today? I'm going to try to do a little something, something. Okay. Try to do a little something, something, man. I got you. I got you. Let's do it. So first things first, man. What's your story on your path of entrepreneurship? Well, my story, I guess, uh, I'm going to take it back to the uh, beginning man right. you know take it back to the beginning uh, it was a uh, 8 32 a.m uh, <laughs> really August 28th. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got to go back that far man. i I'm got kidding. you i'm kidding I got but no nah, man uh my story man uh you know native memphian uh mm-hmm. proud black man south memphis whitehaven raised product of the memphis city schools uh john p freeman ridgeway high school alumni gotcha went to university of tennessee knoxville okay. uh, actually sit on their board of directors now for the memphis chapter so oh nice shout out to my board of directors on uh on uh, ut knoxville mm-hmm. uh and then went to the university of memphis school of law for sure um raised like i said earlier man raised by two entrepreneurs for my parents absolutely uh, my mother absolutely. and father and i have an older brother charles man mm-hmm. and uh we can wait till that bell go out too sorry about that it's all good it's, it's that old good. school granddad clock man but uh, <laughs> we, we keep it going in brother cool. it's all good go for but, it man um three main principles i really try to live by mm-hmm. uh you know our service advocacy and leadership i hear that you know i, I hear that i really feel like god put me on this earth you know, with the purpose to make an impact, to effectuate change, mm-hmm. uh, to help as many people as I can before For I sure. get out of here. For sure. You know, so man, I, I had like this long ingrained passion of just, you know, of service and trying to help others and everything. Uh, currently, you know, I'm actively engaged in uh, numerous, you know, nonprofits Absolutely. and community organizations in the city and have been pretty much throughout my entire life. Mm-hmm. So it brings me, I guess, to what I do professionally now. For sure. And professionally now, uh, you know, I'm an attorney, licensed mm-hmm. in Tennessee in the uh, District of Columbia. Uh, and practice alongside my father and my partner. Absolutely. Um, at uh, Carpenter Law PLLC. For sure. Um, where we primarily do, you know, corporate housing and transaction matters. Um, we practice corporate and municipal finance um, with the primary practice focus on public finance. Mm-hmm. And I guess for the listeners, I can kind of tell what municipal finance is because I get that question like yeah. 35 times yeah, a day. Yeah, break that down for us but a little bit. pretty much, you know, and I'll say muni finance for okay. sure. That's what we say in the industry pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it's about revenue and, uh, but that's about the revenue and expenditure decisions of municipal governments. Okay. So it's about financing infrastructure through oper- operating revenues and borrowing capital. Okay. And when municipalities need funding to finance 
certain capital capital projects, mm-hmm. uh, they'll issue uh, the bonds as a way to supplement the revenue for those projects. For sure, for sure. So as the industry currently is, it's about you know eighty thousand, eighty thousand you know issuers you know nationwide, mm-hmm. and pretty much when you issue bonds, it has to be issued by or on behalf of a political subdivision. Gotcha. So, you know, there's like states, towns, cities, counties, right. you know, school districts, housing projects, road and highway, um, you know, authorities, utility districts. Um, and also, you know, m- municipal finance covers the revenues uh, that are used by the government. So intergovernmental transfers, user fees, mm-hmm. all kind of taxes, personal gotcha. tax, income tax, excise taxes and all that. And I know there was a long uh, explanation, <laughs> it's but all good. look at the question. So I it's guess how good. did I decide to become an entrepreneur? So right. again, man, like just, you know, just having that knowledge base from my, uh, you know, my parents. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you know, blessed, you know, to learn the game early on. And I learned that if you want to survive in this world, right. uh, you um, have to, that one cannot simply follow the status quo. I hear that. Yeah, I heard you. So you got to, you know, play the game. You got to learn the game. You got to master the game. Mm-hmm. And you got to teach the game. For sure. And, you know, I learned that people at the top control everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, we can say that this is the land of the free, you know, um, the land of the opportunity, you know. Yeah. But only for a certain type of people, certain gotcha. group of people, if you fit a certain mold. For sure. Not for, you know, the majority of the population for this country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, people at the top in the government control everything and they write the rules to the game. Mm-hmm. And the rules to the game they write, they draft laws for, you know, property. They draft laws for enforcement, mm-hmm. contracts, monopolies, for sure. bankruptcy. You know, so out of those five kind of categories. So, for example, even bankruptcy. So, right. Bankruptcy, like corporations can go to court again and again and declare bankruptcy to to protect their assets. Mm-hmm. But us, you know, former students, we can't go to, you know, bankruptcy court and reorganize our student debt. That ain't happening. Right. You know, so and, you know, these rules that are made for those, you know, five categories don't come out of thin air. You know, right. they're intentionally drafted, you know, to reflect the interests of the people at the top. Right, right. And, you know, to me, an entrepreneur is a person who identifies a need. And starts a business to fill their void. And we got a lot of needs in Memphis. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, the need that, you know, I feel that this firm currently feels and that we will continue to feel is that feel of improving the economic infrastructure of different municipalities. Gotcha. And just me trying to, you know, learn the game. And it is very, you know, it's uh, numerous types of bonds that can be issued in the you know, the type of bonds we primarily issue, we work with, you know, um, governmental bonds, you know, revenue bonds, conduit bonds, private activity bonds. I know I'm just calling now bond names, but, you. you know, all these bonds pretty much go into, you know, uh, capital, uh, capital projects, you know, um, mass transit, utilities, airport revenue bonds, you know, uh, bonds of that sort. But gotcha. the bonds I'm really trying to look for are bonds that can be issued to improve, you know, inner city neighborhoods. Gotcha. Because, you know... Even in Memphis, you know, well, primarily in Memphis, rather, um, you know, a lot of attention is given to, you know, downtown, midtown. For sure. You know, for sure. not much attention is and priority is given to your Frasers, your Out East, your Frasers, South Memphis, Memphis and all that. Mm-hmm. Those are last on the list if they're on the list at all. Gotcha. And, you know, I do feel like with um, municipal finance, it can afford me the opportunity to potentially explore that option. Gotcha. And, you know, me just, that being my mindset, I mean, I'm extremely optimistic. 
And so are you. I and I feel like every entrepreneur has to be optimistic. For sure. Because for sure. if, you know, we're not optimistic enough, you, you know, we, you know, have a hard time, you know, um, to keep going. So mm-hmm. entrepreneurs are all, uh, are optimistic enough to believe in themselves and their vision, aware enough to see the problems around them, mm-hmm. stubborn enough to keep going. Absolutely. And bold enough to try again and again. So that quote means a lot to me because, you know, you have to be optimistic. You have to be cognizant of your surroundings and you have to be stubborn enough to keep going. You can't quit. For sure. And, you know, living in this system, but having the freedom and the latitude to navigate through it, mm-hmm. informed, and add my own free will is why I became entrepreneur. No, you're that. Entrepreneur means, you know, being in full control of your destiny. Absolutely. You know, you, you touched on a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of technical <laughs> stuff. For your, no, no, that's yeah. fine. Don't. It's, it's all good. It's all good. But there, there's two things I wanted to ask you about. First of all, how's it working with your dad? What's that like? Man. Um... <laughs> I enjoy it, actually. Okay. You know, okay. I uh, definitely enjoy it. Um, you know, he actually, you know, he's not a micro or macro manager. Okay. He uh, actually, you know, everything he does, I do. Gotcha. You know, just like, you know, today, you know, he's um, out of town for, you know, today and tomorrow. So I'm running the show. Gotcha. And, you know, he does a great job. Uh, and really, I do. I really appreciate that. But mm-hmm. he refers to me in business as his partner and not his son. I hear that. And because, you know, you know, when you refer to someone as your son, you may get the awe and yeah. people may not respect you as That's a for sure. business person. For sure. And me being young, me being black, me being in the industry that you don't see people like me in at all. Absolutely. You need you all know, the credibility you can get. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. And so that initial credibility that he gives me. You know, all I gotta do is come and prove myself. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I I'm, I'm I'm pretty well versed in this industry. I've been doing it, you know, about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been interning here the last, you know, couple of summers, whatever. I've been an attorney maybe for a, about a year now. Gotcha. So, man, but I love it though, man. I hear you, that. You know, I can we, tell. I can we, tell. We, we both have our own uh, our own styles and everything. <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, I uh, you, you know, we're both stubborn too. So, and which is good though. I mean, we both got to hold our ground and everything. Entrepreneurs you know, usually are. Definitely. <laughs> you know, but I definitely enjoy it, man. I'm uh, you know, privileged and blessed to just work with the best. I hear that. You know, to learn. You know to learn something so difficult, dense, and complex, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the best, and I want to be better than him. I got you. And he got knows you. that, and he's, and then we both are going to make sure that happens. I hear that. You know, earlier when we was talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, you got to keep going, be stubborn, this, that, and the other, a lot of times people don't talk about the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's the checks and balances, there's the keeping the doors open, but there's the mental part. Talk about that a little bit, the mental part of being an entrepreneur. Exhausting. <laughs> um, gotcha. Man, you know, I can't even, you know, formulate my thoughts right now because I'm on six hours of sleep. I hear for that. Two days, like I told you. Right, but, right. You know, um, you know, the mindset is definitely that has to be your strongest attribute mm-hmm. because if you don't have a strong mind, then you know how you get up in the morning, how you come in every day and grind it out. How will you not only grind it out for yourself, but having energy and the wherewithal to make sure that your employees are equally grinding out just as hard as you. I hear that. Because your business, you can't run a business by yourself. No, you can't. And two, you can't have employees sitting around getting a free check. That's true, too. So, <laughs> you know, I come in every day ready to work and get it, and I expect the same from them. I hear that. So, let me ask you this, man. You know, was it always in the cards, you know, as being an attorney, or did you ever, ever think about something else when you were younger besides jumping off, you know, with samurai swords. <laughs> that's inside that, joke. That's inside <laughs> joke, Startup Nation. But go ahead, man. <laughs> man, 
you know, a lawyer was always, I mean, being an attorney was always on the list. But for I mean, sure. I, I mean, for sure. But, you know, it wasn't number one at first. I got and, you. You know, uh, and then as I got older, it moved up the list. For sure. But, you know, I mean, I can remember, you know, first, second grade, I'm going to the NBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you know, you know, like I'm definitely, you know, want to do something like that's what we saw on TV coming up. For sure. You For know, sure. we saw the Penny Holloways, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I say around third grade that it kind of clicked for me. Okay. Not to be an attorney, uh-huh. but it clicked for me to know that whatever I did in life, I want to help people. I hear that. So I hear that. third grade, short story. So third grade, what happened was it was... um. Some uh, lady got in some motorcycle accident, you know, um, mm. lost both her legs, I think. Mm. So um, she was some family to someone at the school. So we had a fundraiser in my third grade class. So some kind of fundraiser to, you know, just contribute some money and everything to the, uh, the lady and um, her family. For sure. Um, so around third grade, you know, in my mind, I thought I was big balding, I guess. So I had like, you know, in, in my bank, you know, sock, whatever like that. I gotcha. had maybe, I think it was $130 saved. Mm-hmm. It was all my money. For third grade, that's a lot of money. It, hey, right. you know, so, right. so I came in school the next day and I dropped off the whole 130 mm-hmm. And, um... My teacher was like, um, do your parents know about this? And I was like, no. They, they, so she called my mom and was like, uh, is this okay? Like, it, First of all, is this his money? Because right. it might be yours or something sure. like that. For sure, but, for uh, sure. Second of all, is this okay? This is, a, this is a lot of money. This is, you know, and then she was like, hey, I mean, that's his money and that's his decision. And, you know, they were shocked and blown away. But I was just like, I mean, she needs help. So right. whatever it's I got, that simple, right? Is it, it, like so, it was that right. simple to me. Absolutely. Like whatever Absolutely. I got, you know, I want her to have, you know, to help. I mean, it's not a much, and I did, you know, realize and appreciate that. But I'm like, maybe they can help out a little bit, for you sure, know, definitely. And you know, they were just so blown away. But you know, like you said, it was just uh, I was like, all right, you right. know, that's I felt it was something that I was supposed to do. Gotcha. So that's when it clicked, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up yet. Mm-hmm. But whatever I do decide on and, you know, what I want to be, it That's has be to be part of it. It has to be part of it where I can really help people and help as many people as I can. Understood. Understood. Thank you for sharing that, man. That, that's a powerful stuff. And I, I like hearing stories like that because it, it, it helps tell the story of where you're going in the future and, and you know, and, and, you know, where you, you know, kind of where it started from, right? Where it sure. clicked for you, for sure. So sure. thank you for sharing that, man. That's great stuff. So who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? I'll give you who I am what. Okay. So... Who family and loved ones I got you know, you. inspire me because I do want to be able to provide for them for sure. You know, build a legacy, absolutely, build generational absolutely. wealth and all that. And you know, I know I told you about my mom and dad mm-hmm. off air, but I do want to say something about them on air too. Okay, go ahead. Um, so you know, those two individuals definitely inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mom and you know, dad, you know, both native Memphians. Both South Memphis veterans. I hear that. Uh, my mom born and raised, you know, on foot homes. And after that, uh, shot on over, you know, to Longview Heights in South Memphis. Mm-hmm. Raised, born and raised on, uh, well, raised on Gage Street. Uh, Pop man, uh, he uh, comes from uh, South Memphis, but raised on Jessamine. Then uh, moved to McKellar mm-hmm. uh, around 10 or 12 years old. And that's the house I live in now, actually. So gotcha. I live in okay. South Memphis myself, man. Okay. So right now still. Um you know, um, and then after that, you know, my mom went to University of Memphis for a college. Uh, my father went to Howard, uh, okay. undergrad, Notre Dame Law School for him. My mom mm-hmm. went to uh, grad school at the U of M. Okay. When they both graduated, you know, they were like, wow, like, you know, we're the only ones in our family to even get to this point. Like, 
what now? Like, life got to get better. Right. Nah. Mm. They came back, you know, uh, to Memphis in 1978, couldn't find a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just imagine, you know, how hard it was for a black person to, you know, come on and find a job. If it's hard in 2018, imagine how hard it was, you know, in 1978. For sure. So professionally, man, um, you know, my mom is a psychotherapist. Her own bi- her business name is uh, Healthy Connections Consulting. Okay. Um, and of course, my father, you know, my partner here and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was interesting being raised by two entrepreneurial parents, though. And, I hear that. And I'm sure that your daughter, when she gets older, she'll have this same kind of story, too. <laughs> right. Like, you know, just the, you know, you come home like entrepreneurs, we don't have a nine to five. We, right. We, we got a, you know, twenty four seven. Don't even know what that is, <laughs> right? Man. So I remember <laughs> sure. nights, man. I'm, you know, just sitting by my mom watching cartoons. She's working. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I see, you know, my dad going to work Saturday, Sunday mornings. So that became, you know, normal to me. And mm-hmm. that's what I do now. I gotcha. still work weekends. You know, my, you know, business hours. I guess I tell people eight to six, but it's really <laughs> eight to whenever I get done working, <laughs> right? Or whenever I just get up and get to the office, right? You know, but um. You, you know, just, you know, having that kind of background, you, you know, and that, I guess, you know, being raised that way, then that is definitely who inspired me. Mm-hmm. Now, what? That's a different thing. Okay. So, of course, well, you know, carrying on the family legacy of creating your For own, sure. under your own, controlling your life and all that. But what is really because the way the world is changing. Right. And, you know, the American economy, how it's set up now, is almost twice as large as it was in 1980. Mm-hmm. But the median wage has gone nowhere. It has not. So we're all, so, right. so where has all the money gone? Right. Straight to the top. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, hidden inside those little five rules of the game I mentioned earlier, so money flows out of, you know, the pockets of average American citizens like you and me. Right. And they go into the profits of these major industries, executives, and For shareholders. Sure. And as income and wealth goes to the top, so does political power. And as political power goes to the top, the top has more and more influence, you know, over those rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm finna get my Bernie Sanders for a quick second. Go but, for it. you know, as far as, <laughs> like, big corporations, you know, Wall Street and very wealthy people, the top 1%, like, mm-hmm. you know, they lobby to change the rules, you know, and put them in their favor. And subsequently, or, you know, in turn, those rules hurt the other 99% right. of Americans and it may have started it's not may it definitely started in the early 70s so as far as you know just the increase in just corporate lobbying like they very subtly changed the rules to the game and all of that and all the net effect of that mm-hmm. gave us Trump now I'm okay. gonna uh, <laughs> take it back a little bit so you know just an example man with just the Glass-Steagall Act, you mm-hmm. know, 1933. So the right. Glass-Steagall Act was to provide for safer and more effective use of assets of banks to mm-hmm. regulate interbank control and right. prevent, you know, undue diversion of funds into speculative operations. Mm-hmm. So when it got repealed, and, you know, I think the early 70s, mid-70s, you know, the act was supposed to protect people's savings, right. you know, from being used by Wall Street investors and everything. So when these risky investment banks merged with the uh, commercial banks, that caused, you know, that was one of the primary reasons for the stock market crash. Right. And when that happens, you know, or when big corporations, you know, pretty much are defunct or bankrupt, what happens? Mm-hmm. A bailout. Mm-hmm. And who pays for the bailout? We Taxpayers. Do. Yeah. <laughs> so another example, of course, you know about Citizens United. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when they got overturned by the Supreme Court, you know, dark spending and campaign, uh, you know, campaigns almost tripled. 
Right. You, you know, and mm-hmm. of course, you know what dark money is. You know, campaign uh, contributions that are yep. not, you know, so. Right. And, you know, with the lobbying, you know, um, about, so this is a, a, a true statistic. Of course, all of it's true. Right. But about half of the retiring, re- retiring senators now and a third of retiring House members register as lobbyists, which it used to be in the 1970s under 5%. Now you're looking at fifty percent of it. So what happens is this circular revolving door of, mm-hmm. pol- uh, of, of political influence is going to keep happening. Right. So what's going on is when people say, "Well, let's wait till the old people die out." No, that's <laughs> no. not going to work. Right. Because basically they pass that information down to the next generation, and the do- and the door keeps going. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and then so I want to give a small history on. Uh, so go uh, for it. So, and then I'll get one more and I'm done with my Bernie Sanders uh, tip <laughs> okay. right now, man. But, so in 1971, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce asked this lawyer, Lewis Powell, to write a memorandum about uh, the American um, economy, the current American economy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it was called the Powell Memo. Okay. So, in this memo, though, a couple of quotes. Um, it was, it said, the American economy, the American economic system is under broad attack. Businesses must learn the lesson that political power is necessary and that such power must be assiduously cultivated and that when necessary, it must be used aggressively and with determination, without embarrassment and without reluctance. So pretty much this memo turned into like a big manifesto, you know, for newly created businesses, businesses oriented think tanks and lobbying groups, you know, all kind of, you know, in professional organizations like more for for example they are created today because of that mm-hmm. like alec you know the american legal account legal exchange council you okay. know business roundtable and you know lastly like i'm sure you even seen or heard of this so a term called corporate welfare oh yeah absolutely corporate welfare you know you can find that thing almost anywhere in, in in any law state federal whatever and it can be found in the tax code appropriation bills trade laws, but it's pretty much financial assistance given by the government Mm -hmm. to profit-making companies in the form of, you know, tax incentives or or subsidies. And, you know, more often than not, those pretty much, you know, have no economic justification at all. Right. You know, um, tax subsidies to corporations cost, you know, taxpayers tens of billions of dollars every year. Mm -hmm. And in Tennessee, I think it's like $2.5 billion a year. Gotcha. Let me ask you something real quick about that because, you know, you know, you may have somebody who's listening out there and they said, you know, they don't have any justification at all. I guess I'm being devil's advocate here, okay. if you will. When we talk about, you know, bailouts and this and the other. Okay. Right? Sure. And so we hear sometimes that like they needed to be bailed out because too many Ameri- too many of the American people depend on whether it be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Chase Bank, uh, okay. uh this and the other. Whether it be through pensions, whether it be through insurance, whether it be the whatever. Does that am I making sense there or Yes. So <laughs> You know, I mean, I guess just playing devil's advocate. So right. I guess, you know, their argument will be, you know, bail us out because we're saving jobs. Right. Or whatever the case because, may be. Because, yeah. yeah. Because we're, mm-hmm. we're saving jobs because we are a pillar in our community and in, in our respective communities. Right. You know, so, for example, you know, you got GM and, you know, up north and everything that probably employ maybe half of the population up there. Gotcha. You know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, no. <laughs> okay, I, I, fair I, enough. I, I, fair I, enough. Like I said, I just want to play devil's advocate because I, I know because because you, you know you, that argument is out there, right? It's, so. I mean, it definitely <laughs> is, and you know these things that are in place. I mean, if used correctly, 
mm-hmm. and and how they should be used. Right. I, I mean, it, it it could definitely you know uh, yield some 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 tangible benefit to a For lot sure. more people. For sure. But you know how the current laws are written written and whatnot, it really only benefits people oh, at the time. For sure. For sure. Even if that benefit to you know the middle class who usually get pinched in those in those regards right. even if that benefit is mi- minimal it still mostly benefits those the top 1% yes. top 2% whatever the case may be so no i'm on board with you i just wanted to like i said i just want to play devil's advocate hey, for man bit. i hear you but, <laughs> but but man you know we as a people we do need a better understanding of where we live in we absolutely and do and the people in it we do for and, sure you know um, I'm inspired because just having like the realistic notion and thought that you know you know the type of law that I practice mm-hmm. I can you know potentially effectuate some real tangible change for sure you know that definitely you know inspires me in educating people another thing like educating people about you know the importance of you know financial literacy mm-hmm. um, you, you know not only should they be talked about in schools but the how about but the household as well we, you know, you know, we as blacks and minorities, you know, definitely have to stop, you know, making the uh, topic so taboo. For sure. And, For you sure. know, definitely put more importance to financial literacy, you know, talking about, you know, credit, talking about real estate, the importance of home ownership, the importance mm-hmm. of having insurance, you, you know, because, um, you know, I know quite a few people in my family, like, you know, if they can't really understand it. Or, you know, they don't want to talk about it. You, Absolutely. You, you, you know, and if they can't afford it, they say, why talk about it? You know, right. but that's the world we live in. That's how the country works. That's how the world works. Mm-hmm. So we need to be more knowledgeable, more colleagues and stuff like that. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that, man. Uh, let me ask you this. You know, and I, I know it was dad who, who started, you know, Carpenter Law, this, that, and the other. But before you became a partner, right, what do you wish you would have known before you, st- before you became a partner? Ooh, a lot, okay. man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, just off top, man, I I wish I would have known how real the ground was. Okay. I okay, so I knew how it really was, but I can't, but I couldn't appreciate how real it was. For and sure. Then, like j- just how the old saying goes, you can read about something all day, or Absolutely. actually, you know, do something, but until you're in it yourself, right? You don't appreciate. It's all theoretical it. up in that man, point, that point. man, and it becomes practical <laughs> real quick. Uh, then, uh, yeah. So then, you know, but you know, like I said earlier, man, like this is not a nine to five job, man. Right. And it's, it's more like twenty four seven. You got to handle everything from A to Z. For sure. Um, you know, um, entrepreneurship. I feel like it's a lifestyle. You, you know, like you have a innate need to grow, create, and build on something. For sure. And like you said earlier, when you walked in, man, you must be a, a master plate juggler. Right. Because you, you, you got so many things going Absolutely. on, so many different tasks going on. You got to be able to switch on and off because if not, you get caught slipping. That's for sure. And if you get caught slipping, then that's a problem. Right. Because it's only you in here. You don't have a corporation, big corporation backing you. Right. If exactly. you make a mistake, everybody knows. Exactly. So, and, you know, I wish, you know, I could would have known, you know, how strategic you have to be every day, mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. to, you know, maximize your time, to maximize your employees' time. Um, you have to come into work every day ready to work. Absolutely. And, you know, so just because the night before I come in the office, you know, so just say we got a Sunday night or Monday night or whatever. For I'm sure. already planning out for the next day, really the whole week. Right. But especially for the next day. And right. not only my work, but my paralegal's work. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? If if I have, you know, questions that, you know, I want to definitely run past my father, it's already planned out. Right. Work for my um, office manager and everything. Mm-hmm. Like You have to be able to maximize and be effective and efficient every day the best way you can be. Absolutely. No, and I, I understand exactly what you're talking about because, like, you know, even though you have, you know, you're planning for the week out, but, like, that very next day is a little bit more cemented than, mm-hmm. than you know, two days, three days, four days. So I know exactly sure. what you're talking about for sure, sure, for sure. Now, let me ask you this, man. Like, what did you learn for your worst boss you've ever had? And this can, not necessarily a boss, but, like, maybe say uh, a professor or something like that. What did you learn from them? Quite a few things. Okay. Quite, quite, okay. Quite a few things. I mean, but um, that your work ethic, um, personality, your mm-hmm. mood, right? Your uh, professionalism, you know, it's contagious. For sure. And it all trickles down to all to to your employees, and mm-hmm. because they're watching you, and uh, they'll mimic you. We got a, a policy here that it's only four of us here. Gotcha. Where uh, we may be a small boutique firm, but we're a high volume practice. Absolutely. Whatever you're going through at home, you know, we sympathize, empathize, we do. But check that at the door. Mm-hmm. Because when you come here, you come into the concrete jungle. And this is the grind house here. <laughs> and everyone has to pull their own weight for this thing to work. Gotcha. If everyone ain't pulling their own weight, then the train don't move. Right. Um, I do. Um, I did learn that entrepreneurs have to be people oriented. Got Okay. I've okay. had some, I guess, some anti-people uh, <laughs> uh, bosses in the past okay. that didn't like people very much. Gotcha. Uh, entrepreneurs have to be friendly. Absolutely. Definitely, man. We have to be very approachable. We have to, you know, and get out of network. And that's mm-hmm. part of the job, too. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are not entrepreneurs, I mean, you know, some may network for fun. We right. network for survival. Absolutely. I, you, you, you know, so we, absolutely. we network to create new relationships. And it's, it's important to create new relationships and to all expand and, you know, meet new people, meet new sure. potential business partners and ventures. And definitely as well to also, so, like, maintain and strengthen the ones you have. Mm-hmm. A lot of, so I make this comparison a lot. I make the comparison of entrepreneurship to, you know, cell phone companies. Bear with me for a second. I got you. So, Go for it. With entrepreneurs, you know, just with that, you know, with cell phone companies, how they always give more incentives and to new people who come in and join their cell phone company. Like, mm-hmm. if you come and join, you know, Sprint and Team Up, whatever, we give you a free phone and all that, all that, all that. Right. Hold on. I've been with y'all four or five years and I don't get anything. Mm-hmm. So my bill went up, actually. Hold on. Right. So, hold on. So, <laughs> you got to pay for them new phones everybody exactly, else getting. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just, you know, definitely, you know, always remembering who you currently serve and you know sure. have them as priority for sure you know the new hotness ain't always the best thing mm-hmm. you know the thing the the best way to sustain yourself you know business wise is to keep those relationships because they know people too they, and true. over time those previous business relationships can get you new business so um also learn you must regret like that you must possess the grit and be willing to embrace and endure the grind mm-hmm um, and most importantly, an entrepreneur has to be able to build a team that cares about their job and the work that they do. Mm. We have all know that most people in this world just want to do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. get their check, go about their business. Right. You know, and, um, you, you know, that is what we do here is definitely very difficult and it's not sexy. Like, you know, we are, you, you know, like the, like yeah. we're behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We do all the dirty work. 
you know, but we get it done. It's very important. Someone has to do it. Right. You know, and it's a lot of reading, a lot of, you know, technical, a lot of meticulousness with it. And, you know, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to kind of go above and beyond, if you're not willing to, so our employees, they work nine to five. If, you know, you're out of here at, you know, 459 or five every day kind of thing and not willing to stay over, mm-hmm. then you won't be here very long. All right. Thank you for sharing that, man. I, I appreciate that. And you, you speak about a few things, but the one thing that really stood out is the networking piece. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand that part because when you talked about, you know, some people who have like the nine to five, they network for fun. We never work for survival. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that part because when you're building a company, right, like, you know, like if you, and this is no knock to somebody who works at FedEx or right. International Paper sure. or another, but like you have that infrastructure behind you and that's propelling you mm-hmm. to do what you need to do. But when you build something on your own, you have to create said infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't understand that. So I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yes, sir. Now, I know you're going through, you know, a little bit of rebranding here and this, that, and the other. So I, I want to know, you know, how do you market, advertise, get the word out there, the Carpenter Law is here to, you know, to do the work? So this is um, mm-hmm. where, and I do appreciate him for this because, mm-hmm. you know, my father, uh, he, um, you know, lets me work my shrimps. Okay. And, you know, I do the same for him. Gotcha. Uh, you, know, um, you know, he's old school, man. So mm-hmm. his way of marketing and advertising is, you know, just the work product itself. Gotcha. Your reputation, personal relationships. You know, as far as, you know, having a website of LinkedIn, you, you know, something like that, you know, that's that's a little bit too new school for him. But, gotcha. Gotcha. But, you know, it's really important to have a hybrid of both of those. For sure. For and, sure. You know, um, so with the rebranding, as you know, you know, going from uh, Charles E. Carpenter, a professional corporation, to Carpenter Law PLLC, mm-hmm. man, that process is a pain. Mm. And, but, you know, um, it is something that you know i'm happy to definitely be leading and be a part of it's like you know that project is like my baby i mean so to say you know like that's the project he gave to me and said look you know you pretty much lead this project and it's big i mean i'm pretty much creating a whole new logo for something that's been around for 40 years for sure and you know so definitely had to associate with a good friend of mine kenneth worlds um uh 3g uh, one of the best graphic designers I have ever come across in my life. Gotcha. Um, he is currently doing uh, rebranding right now. And um, we definitely, we're at rest as well, too, because not only are we rebranding, uh, you know, just our logo and, um, you know, stationery and all that, but we actually, like I told you, doing, trying to potentially do, you know, inside, you know, exterior and interior renovations to the firm. So mm-hmm. right. in between working the actual job, managing employees i'm meeting with architects you right. know throughout the day or whatever calling having conference calls with you know mr worlds and whatnot and just trying to do all these side projects but at the same time focusing on the primary thing that pays the bills right for sure so and and i i think i uh may have mentioned it to someone um in sts about this but mm-hmm. uh say as i always say your brand is the first thing people see mm-hmm. and your reputation is the first thing that people hear absolutely and it is definitely important and pivotal for you or anyone to invest in their brand. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, people will say stuff about you, 
you know, anyway. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The brand is definitely the first thing they see, man. So this should definitely, you know, have priority and, you know, be very important to any business. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the first salesman. Definitely. It's the first salesman. It's the first salesman you hire. It's the first thing people see. It's the first thing on the letterheads. Is any other. Mm -hmm. So, no, Great. I definitely agree with that for sure. Yes, what you learn from your biggest failure, Corbin? Ooh, how much time you got? I got a little time. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, I learned that resilience is necessary. Mm -hmm. Necessary for survival. I hear that. Um, being successful in any business or any entrepreneur, for that matter, you have to have resilience. You have to have. You have to persevere. You have to have resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be able to bounce back from your losses that you take. You're gonna take some losses. You're mm -hmm. gonna have probably. You, you know. You probably have more losses than you thought you ever would. Right. You know. You know. Why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. You know, man, I learned how strong I was. I hear that. You know, one doesn't know how strong he is until you he is tested, <laughs> right. pushed to his limit, um, mm -hmm. and have no option but to fight back or submit. There it is. You know, I, I learned that having a positive attitude, you know, to have a, a glass half full mentality mm -hmm. that has a tremendous impact on your daily energy and just, you know, like perception. And the world will beat you up enough daily. So That's don't true. so don't do it to yourself. <laughs> right. If you can help it. Right. If you of can course, help it. Of course. You know, uh work ethic is something you can't teach. You have to want it. Right. You have to want it, man. Um, just like the old saying goes, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room, but make sure no one in that room outworks you. There it is. Uh most importantly I learned patience. <laughs> Still working on that right now. Still working on that right now. It's a work in progress. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, but, you know, God has a plan, man. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. So, you know, you can't, you know, you can't rush the process. I hear that. So, you know, I'm, so I definitely, uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, and this may be the sleep talking, but I, you know, <laughs> I mean, but I enjoy the grind, man. I enjoy the long nights and everything. I mm -hmm. enjoy, you know, you know, reading and learning new things and not getting it the first time because it's so dense and so difficult. But mm -hmm. me not stopping until I get it. Gotcha. Because I'm not trying to just be just another lawyer out here. I'm trying to be the best at what I do. I hear that. I hear that. Um, and with that, I learned you have to be, you know, focused, driven, and hungry daily, man. And consistency is the key to all of that. Mm -hmm. Consistency is the key to all of that. For sure. Entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaging, constant professional development. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? Is it books, podcasts, audio books? What works? No. When you can fit that in, of course. Man. <laughs> well, uh, I have actually started listening to podcasts this year because of you. So oh, don't do out. that. Don't do that. So, shout out to, uh, <laughs> don't so, do that. you know, shout out to Al's LLC. Uh, you know, you guys have turned me on to something new. You and your lovely wife, Kenda, I appreciate y'all. We appreciate man. you for saying but, that. I mean, honestly, man, that means everything to me. Um, you know, I always say that, you know, I'm a lifelong student to the game. Right. Um, my mom always told me, um, quoted, and since I remember back when I was four years old, she always said, the more you read, the more you know, mm -hmm. the more you know, the further you go. There you go. Like, man, just I like just said, I, I crave knowledge, man. Right. I, I, I crave it. I it's crave like, it. It's, it's corny and cliche, but it's corny and cliche because it works. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, man, like, man, I... I <laughs> because it works. It works. And, you know, if you put the work in, man, and you are hungry for something, mm -hmm. then you go get it, man. Like, I crave knowledge. Like, I crave food. I, I crave that. water, man. Like, I'm I'm. I'm seriously want to be the best to be successful man you have to have a passion for learning mm -hmm. you know learning from your competitors mm -hmm. learning from your employees learning you know from your customers you know clients rather for sure you know 
your success that's pivot like that's essential to your success and survival as a business mm -hmm. and 100 percent of all successful entrepreneurs have one thing in common what's that that they never gave up there it is that they never gave there up. it is and you know entrepreneurship includes a lot of risk but the reward it gives and the reward it gives of creating and growing a legacy Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take that chance. I got you. I'm gonna take that chance. Right. But you know, right now I'm learning uh, municipal finance. Like I said earlier, sure. and everything associated sure. with it. I gave you a little preliminary, I, I guess, kind of you know a snippet of what it is. But right. I, uh, I guess I talk about it a little bit more. Okay, go for it. But uh, but basically, professional development for all of us. Yes, sir. Go for it. I'm gonna try to do a little something, man. But, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, but in a nutshell, man. But because of you know the way the economy is now, as far mm -hmm. as like like globalization, urbanization, for sure. You know, it's really a challenge for local governments to keep cities economically viable, mm -hmm. um, and you know, trying to deliver a high level of services, you for know, sure. to their residents and trying to keep taxes taxes sufficiently low mm -hmm. that's a that that is a true challenge and you know the growth of these urban populations are creating serious challenges um for government you know in terms of you know air and water pollution you know transportation mm -hmm. gridlock you know right. lack of affordable housing right. uh, inadequate waste collection uh deteriorating infrastructure and uh, and uh, of course income polarization right we all know about that for sure for sure and you know with memphis you, you know just you know for example you know the transportation gridlock i mean we have big mass transit issues here mm. and that ties into a lot of things especially you know uh the unemployment numbers because a lot of people don't have vehicles to get right. to their job interviews to even get to work you know to you know even get to the grocery store you even get to right to get to simple things they need for basic necessities. Mm -hmm. You know, with the uh, shortage of affordable housing, you know, you have people in Memphis who live in substandard living conditions mm -hmm. and no one should live in some of the places that these people here live in. Not at all. No one. Inadequate waste collection. You know, I know a few areas in my own, you know, neighborhood in South Memphis where you have just a magnitude of tires stacked up like six, seven feet tall. You, you you know like and that creates you know uh, a lot of bacteria like especially when it rains and you have different mud and checks mosquitoes and different insects and whatnot I mean mm -hmm. you have people over in the area breathing this stuff every day right you know so that definitely affects you know people's health you know just me when I'm trying to drive home every night I see this big like small black smoke you know, in the air because, you know, I live by, you know, factories and everything by my neighborhood. Right, by the train right, for sure, so for sure. people in certain zip codes in Memphis, if you have certain living conditions like that daily, yeah, they'll take 13 years off your life. You know, just the article that surfaced a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Right. Like certain zip codes in Memphis, you know, people are affected detrimentally, you know, health-wise because of those conditions. Um, you know, issues like that hurt a lot of cities because to, you know, be globally competitive, you know, a, a city needs to, you know, have those various things in place For sure. to attract, you know, people and attract different businesses mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, but although these difficulties do exist, you know, cities and municipalities do have to do a better job of uh, managing their finances responsibly. Of course, of course. Um, you know, any efforts made with economic development, you know, you must be sure you want to capitalize on efficiency and effectiveness you know, maximize each community's, you know, social, cultural, economic, um, environmental value. Mm -hmm. You know, so two things too with that. So private, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little deep now. No, go ahead, so, go ahead, go for it. Uh, private investors, you know, when they look to invest in a different, you know, like, like a particular city rather, mm -hmm. you know, they look at the quality of life factors. For sure. You know, like diversity tolerance, a lively art scene, um, recreational opportunities, mm -hmm. 
you know, high quality public schools, strong neighborhoods, you know, and as far as, you know, access to capital markets, capital markets. So I'm going to um, break down the uh, bond process for you a little bit. Won't go into too much detail. Okay. Pretty much what happens is, so these private investors are pretty much, they're the bondholders. So what happens is they pretty much, you know, the uh, issuer had or whoever has an idea, these private investors pretty much, they give the money to the issuer and in turn the issuer gives that investor or bondholder a bond, mm-hmm. an actual bond. Right. You know, and when um, the issuer receives the money, the issuer issues the money to the borrower. The borrower, in turn, you know, pursuant to what kind of bond deal you have, uh, how it's structured and whatnot. Right. The um, borrower pretty much uh, give those payments to the trustee or paying agent. Okay. Paying agent would then, in turn, make those deposits to the depository trust company in New York, DTC. DTC would in turn pay back those private investors who invested in the bonds originally and to pay them back in semi-annual interest payments and principal payments. Gotcha, okay. So that's pretty much how the process works. But I definitely did want to, you know, some things that people don't um, realize is, you know, investors have their ways of gauging, you know, is this a good city to invest in? Okay. And, you know, typically that's, you know, um, they look at um, economic development, planning, and preparedness. They okay. look at sustainable land and use capacities. Mm-hmm. They look at information and communications capacities and whether or not the community is a business-friendly environment. Now, a deeper um, uh, thing what people look at is a rating agency. And okay. in the United States, we have three major rating agencies. We have um, Standard & Poor's, mm-hmm. we have Moody's, and we have Fitch. Okay. So these three uh, rating agencies pretty much rate different you know issuers though different governments different municipalities mm-hmm. and pretty much the better your rating is the lower your interest rate is when you right. issue the bonds right. and the more bonds you know you can issue so just say you know and you know it goes down from you know triple a double a right you know single a right. you know and if the lower your rating is the higher your interest rate will be and For the sure. less that you can, and like the less money that you can issue out. Right. And typically, you know, these rating agencies, you know, when they rate you, they look at, you know, things as, you know, the economic well-being of the area. Like, what's the median income? Mm-hmm. Like, how concentrated is the community's dependence on different industries and employers in that, you know, city? Like, what's the diversity of the tax base? The rate of population? Is the population more so younger, more so older? Right. You, you know, um, what is the diversity of the tax base? Um, and you're why, trying to gauge where that community is going as well. Definitely. You do, okay, for definitely, sure. Because you want to make sure you get your money back. For sure. And for sure. you definitely want to make sure that, you know, not only you get your money back, but is this a good, actually, investment decision? So the ratings are, you know, for the issuers, and it pretty much, you know, tells the different, you know, the various investors, is this something I should invest in gotcha. or not? Gotcha. So, uh, but we can get out of that, though. But I got you. I mean, but, you know, so, you know, to basically, you know, for a community to, to develop and sustain itself, you know, you really have to have a strategic economic, you know, um, development plan. Mm-hmm. You know, you even see in Memphis and all the way around, but we can stay on Memphis. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you see, you know, just random, you know, buildings or whatever, business popping up. And, you know, maybe a few years down the line, you know, now it's a vacant and abandoned building. Gotcha. Because, you know, instead of just trying to hold on for a second and get everyone at the table and have a strategic kind of plan on how we want to, you know, build this, you know, particular area up, mm-hmm. we just going to put some up to say we uh, did something. 
Gotcha. So, you know, that's definitely one of the issues here. But, you know, I feel like an economic, you know, plan or economic development plan, it definitely should, you know, embody a short-term plan and a long-term plan. Mm -hmm. And then it requires extensive efforts, you know, to balance, you know, um, and maximize land, space, infrastructure, and assets you have. I don't want to lose you no more, bro. No, 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 no. You're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Go for it. Okay. We're good. We're good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I, you know, I, I'm learning myself. I, I'm taking it all in, yes, and, and, and I'm also making connections because you know we. I've heard of Moody's and Fitch, and you know Standard and Poor's, and then you start talking about you know because basically what you're describing is like when an average person, like you know, when you look at a company you want to invest in this and the other, those bond issues are pretty much doing the same thing. Exactly. You're, you're looking at projections. Exactly. You're looking at exactly. the current state of things, where it's going, this and the other. So no, I got you. Exactly. I got exactly. you. I got you. Exactly. Exactly. I right, appreciate it. Yes, appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so let me ask you this, man. You know, some say entrepreneurs need some type of form of education, you know, you know networking is any other. Some just say you just need idea and work ethic. Where do you stand on that, Mr. Lawyer Man? Uh, well, well, in that case, I'm going to give you the uh, official attorney answer. I would gotcha. say it depends. Gotcha. <laughs> I would say it depends. But, 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 you know, some type of formal education, you, you know, you know, sometimes, yes. I mean, it depends on what you want to pursue. For sure. You know, if you want to have a, you know, want to be a doctor, you know, engineer, lawyer, you have to have some kind of professional license. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes, no. You know, entrepreneurship, you know, has various avenues, you know, and degrees to it. So attorney entrepreneur, you know, is myself versus a auto body shop owner. Right. You know, similar grind, different mm -hmm. specialty. For sure. You know, but you do have to have some kind of foundational basic business acumen to, to sustain yourself structurally. For sure. You know, know when your annual filings have to be done with the Secretary of State, mm -hmm. Tennessee Department of Revenue. Right. You, you know, uh, how to get a line of credit from the bank. You know, how to get an accountant, you know, to, you know, balance and out of your books and everything, gotcha. you know, basic business stuff. So you don't know. So you don't know how to do You would not know how to know how to do that stuff personally, but mm -hmm. know who to go to to get it done. For sure. Um, but back to, you know, work ethic, you know, that's the number one. That's the number one attribute you need to have if you want to be successful in this entrepreneurial life. You know, um, whatever educational level you earn. Your relentless, you know, work ethic, you know, your drive, your passion is what can keep you in business. Gotcha. So I guess that's one side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Now to just address the other side, when you know, simply an idea and work ethic, I would say nope. Okay. Because it takes a lot more than that to successfully run a business. Fair enough. Um, entrepreneurship is a, you know, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking and acting. Um, like we been saying all day, man, on your own business, man, you, you, you're you on the clock 24-7. Mm -hmm. You know, like even if you're not like physically working, like you're always thinking about different ideas and different ways to progress and, you know, build your business and build your brand and, sure. you know, improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, entrepreneurship, my opinion, I guess is not something you do just because you have an idea. It's about, you know, the strength to believe in yourself. Um, it's about having the creativity and fortitude to challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. and kind of step outside the box for a second, you know, and it's about imagining new ways to solve problems, create value for yourself, create value for your community. Um, it's, uh, entrepreneurs are, I think my dad always says, and what I definitely agree, entrepreneurs are able to, I'm trying to quote right, are able to <laughs> transform their idea into a vision, able to transform their vision into a business, and able to transform their business into a legacy. There it is. Before we go to break, man, and I know you, I know this is a, a great day to ask, working on six hours of sleep. 
Man. What does the average day look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> man, I wish you had that cuss button right now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Go for it, man. Go I ain't going to do it, man. I ain't going to do it, man. I can keep going the air. I can keep going the air, man. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't even... It's kind of hard to, you know, even assess an average day for me because my day is kind of everywhere every day. But gotcha. I can, you know, so, but I mean, Mondays, for example, Mondays, I really try to get in here by 630. Okay. Because, you know, uh, Mondays we have our weekly staff meeting for the week. Mm-hmm. And those staff meetings, we have so much stuff going on. I those uh, staff meetings, man, last about an hour. So I really try to, you know, how I try to maximize my day. Like, I really, sh- like, strategically plan my day out. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm going to be in this meeting for an hour here, then I need to get to work earlier or stay later, you know, to kind of at least work 10 hours a day kind of thing. Gotcha. You know, so Mondays, too, you know, here, um, you know, we ride downtown on Bill Street, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it sucks, too, because every Monday it never fails. You, you know, <laughs> our property is pretty much trashed. Okay. You, you know, from as far as, you oh, know, beer right, bottles right, and some yeah, everything, man. Yeah, so when I come in Monday, sure. I definitely spend about 10 minutes cleaning up, first of all. Gotcha. I can't, we can't have a law firm. We've got beer not. bottles and a window seal and all kind of, of stuff like not. this. Right. So that's that. But, you know, but, you know, basically come in, you know, early, you know, get my mind right, you know, kind of plan out my day. Um, our paralegal, she comes in at 830. So make mm-hmm. sure that before she comes in, she's got something to do. You know, she can't be run tooling her thumbs. Right. You know, um, so, you know, those are, you know, and just go throughout the day. I mean, so those are the Mondays and we got our meeting days, I guess, so to say. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, as far as being strategic, like we actually try to plan. If we have a meeting, we know we won't get done, like much done that day. So we kind of try to put all of our meetings mm-hmm. either on the same day or either all of them towards the afternoon. Gotcha. Because mornings are so important. And that's why, you know, I get, you know, a lot of, you know, offers from STS <laughs> to definitely do these, uh, you know, breakfast meetings and these, you know, morning right. calls and everything. Right. And I always tell them, like, and tell them whoever, like, no, like, my mornings are so important because I need my mornings to get my day going. Jump start. Right. Jump start, definitely, mm-hmm. because, you know, without a good morning, then the day could be gone. Right. For sure. For sure. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the start of life, man? Man, I'm loving it, man. Awesome. I am loving it. I need some more Coke, though. I'm getting some candy. But, uh, <laughs> go you know, it. man, I'm loving it, man. Uh, cool. I'm cool. ready for part two, man. All right, let's do it. Let's yes, do sir. it. So I hope you're getting great value from Corbin's episode, but we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Memphis, are you ready to level up? Join me May 5th as I lead the Al Academy's Entrepreneurship 101 Workshop. Together, we will create your elevator pitch, work on problem-solving techniques, and so much more to get your path of entrepreneurship off to a great start. All attendees will take home an Entrepreneurship Startup Kit, 
coupons for additional resources, and a chance to win mentoring sessions with some of Memphis's top entrepreneurial minds. So join us May 5th at Union Center, 10th floor classroom at 1331 Union Avenue, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. Can't wait to see you there. Check out the link in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Corbin, what's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? I've received a lot of good advice. Okay. You know, uh, definitely have. And then, um, you know, I like to kind of categorize them. So, four ways, you know, as far as grinding, being humble, being diligent, and having vision. Mm -hmm. And with the grind, it's for my mom. Uh, Again, you only eat what you kill. So, if you ain't killing, you ain't eating. So kill the game. Mm-hmm. So right there, that just puts me in the mindset to grind it out every day. Gotcha. Because, you know, without that passion, without that will, without that grit and grind, man, you don't, you know, get your business going. Mm-hmm. As far as being humble, you are never as good as people say you are, and you're never as bad as people say you that are. That's true. Always be grounded. Always be humble, man. Never get the big head. Do not let the people out here gas you up thinking you uh, big stuff or not, man. Right. Just know where you come from. Right. You know, always be grounded and be focused on what you want to achieve. This is from my dad, man. Um, you can never be too prepared. The best surprise is no surprise. I hear that. And it just goes with just doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, always be diligent. Always triple check things. Right. You know, just, you know, back to, you know, um, the previous question. Uh, when I answered, I said, man, if you make a mistake, Everything falls on you. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's just me and my father. So, you know, we have to be perfect with everything we do, you know, for a, multi- for a multitude of reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just six Ps, man. So proper planning prevents piss poor performance. There it is. Definitely about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with vision, entrepreneurship is the ability to recognize the bigger picture. Found where there's opportunity, then execute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, successful entrepreneurs, you know, don't focus on a quick dollar. Right. You know, and instead, you know, we look to ensure that each action is made is going towards, you know, just the overall, you know, goal, you know, of the business and of the vision. So let me ask you this, man. You know, what's a popular misconception about not just necessarily running a business, but running a law firm? Because I, I imagine there's people out there who's like, I'm being an attorney and this and the other. I'm play golf half the time. This and the other. Kind of dispel some of the myths out there for us a little bit. Man, right there though. I mean, <laughs> hey, you, you know, you know, the 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 most popular misconception has to be that businesses run themselves. Mm, okay. You, you know, like again, if you don't come to work every day, you know, nothing gets done. Like you know, just talking about you know, I guess I guess my average day, you know, when I'm in you know my meetings. You know, two or three hours, I come back, the work is still there. Mm-hmm. And not only is the work still there, but I probably got new work that <laughs> right. just all of a sudden appeared on my desk that needs to be done, you know, right. before I leave today. A big corporation versus small business. If I'm working for a big corporation, I can probably go play golf. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm out playing golf and everything and enjoying myself, I got people back at my office working, you right. know, making sure that it gets done. For we sure. don't have that here. Gotcha. You know, we are the, uh, you know, the front lines, the cavalry, we everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't have the luxury, you know, of going out and playing golf, seeing, uh, you know, matinee movies on a Tuesday, you know, <laughs> stuff gotcha. like that. Right. You know, and another one is, you know, that if you own a business, you must be rich. You got it. <laughs> Man, right. Right. <laughs> You know, so, right, yeah. you know, every, I know a little bit about that, yeah, yeah, just, for sure. you know, so like <laughs> every business, you, you, you know, owner, you know, entrepreneur, any, you know, whatever, uh, they have what I like to call a silent partner. 
Mm-hmm. And that silent partner name is Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Sam, I swear he does no work ever. <laughs> don't show up to work right. ever. But he sure be like run that, don't he? He gonna be like run that money. <laughs> At the end, every year, he does not, he, he, he he's never late. He does not disappoint here every year. He, right. he like run me that check, bro. Every <laughs> right. year. And then so, you know, not only just, you know, the you know, taxes affiliated with the business, but mm-hmm. the overhead, man. The overhead. Mm-hmm. I, I, I won't tell you on air how much our uh Understood. You know, overhead is, Understood. but I mean just the mortgage for the building, mm-hmm. you know, the utility bills, you mm-hmm. know, the salaries, right. health insurance, you know, supplies. We can cut the lights off in here. Man. I ain't, trying to, I ain't <laughs> no, trying to run up. Ain't that bad, brother. Ain't that bad. Ain't that bad, brother. But you know, just the custodial staff and other business sure. finishers, man. For like, sure. Whatever I get in, you know, that takes priority. Mm-hmm. So we have to pay those off. Absolutely. And, you know, and I do commend my father um, on this. In forty years of him being in practice, he's never missed a paycheck for his employees. I hear he that. may not got paid. Mm-hmm. But he never missed a paycheck for his employees, and that's something I definitely plan to keep doing because that's the quickest way to lose your support and lose lose your employees. Absolutely, I'm glad you mentioned that. I want you to talk about that a little bit because a lot of times when people start companies, you know, they don't understand that the most important asset you have are the people that you employ, mm-hmm. and not only that, how not just big, how massive a responsibility is. To, to be responsible for somebody's livelihood. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Man, it is pressure. Right. Because at the end of the day, you have a business to run. Mm-hmm. So to the point of, you know, affecting the person's livelihood, you know, you are their person's primary or only stream of income. Right. And it gets extremely tough when it has to come down to the decision that, you know, you have to let the person go because mm-hmm. it has gotten to a point that they're starting to hurt the business. Right. And, you know, I do commend him and I'm learning that from him too. You know, he is the most patient and understanding person, you know, when it comes down to business that you will probably ever meet. And the boss has to be that way, especially a boss in a small business. For sure. You can't be, you know, cutthroat with everybody. Right. You, 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 <laughs> you have to try to understand and, you know, like I said, sympathize and empathize, you know, but at the end of the day, you still have business yeah. to run. And, you know, if it gets to a point that you're starting to take advantage of the business because of right. our kindness, then, you know, then we need to have a conversation. We need gotcha. to talk and let you go. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Because like, like I said, a lot of times people, you know, they they go into business and they're all about having somebody working for them. Yeah. But not understanding that, like, that's a massive responsibility. It's and, a massive responsibility. Right. And, you know, just, like, small things like that, like, our employees here, we all say we work together. We're on the same team. I hear that. We're like, hear you that. guys don't work for us. We're on the same right. team here. Like, you, you know, we give you guys full access to everything. You're never in the dark about anything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, because, you know, we have, uh, it's only four of us here. Right. If we're not on the same page, then uh, this train ain't moving. Right. And we need to sit down and talk about it. There it is. Let me ask you this. Based, you know, we talked about employees and company culture and this, that, the other. What do you look for in a person before you bring them into carpenter law? Because I imagine, like, they have to, they they not only have to do the job, but they kind of have to fit the story, tell the story, this, that, and the other, through their work, of course, mm-hmm. right? So what do you, what goes into that process? We look for a few things. Okay. Um, first and foremost, work ethic. 
Okay. If you're not willing to, <laughs> if, 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 if you're not willing to, man, grind it out and then, you know, really put the pedal to the metal, then you're already out the door. Man. I sense a common theme with that, for definitely, sure. For definitely. Sure. For sure. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> second, second is, you know, definitely your professionalism. You for know, sure. our clients that we service, you know, they're usually, you know, you know, nonprofits, corporations, different uh, governments and municipalities. And mm-hmm. again, you know, we're a, you know, a firm of two lawyers, two black lawyers mm-hmm. and everything we do has to be perfect absolutely no mistakes you know not only for them but the people who regulate the work we do are the eternal revenue code mm-hmm. securities and exchange emission mm-hmm. you know you know uh sec so you know they don't play um no they and do not you you know so whatever you know document or offering document we put out it it, it has to be perfect to the t multitasking number right. three you know you have to be able, like you said, to be the master juggler. You have to be able to multitask. I mean, when I never give our employees just one thing to do. I give you three or four things to do, and I prioritize it for you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I give them three or four things to do, but I have 12 to 15 things to of do. Course. Of you course. You know, so just being able to multitask and navigate through that while being on the top of your game for each one of those. Mm-hmm. Because if you miss one thing, then that's a problem. I'm going to tell you a quick story to, Go put, it in, put, it to, to put it in perspective. Go so for it. a constituent of mine uh, who's an investment banker, mm-hmm. uh, he told me a uh, situation that um, happened uh, down in a, a certain jurisdiction. Gotcha. And, you know, that certain colleague of his got audited by the SEC. Mm. They just... One day, just hey, how you doing? Uh, and just <laughs> came on in and went through all of their books and everything. So the reason they did that was because their continuing disclosure um, was inaccurate. Gotcha. So with the continuing disclosure, um, it was this. Uh, I think it was an official statement they may have put out uh, a few years ago. Okay. And a couple of sentences that they put in this 400-page document was not accurate to how it should have been, you know, pretty much that fact in, in, in 2018 this year. Gotcha. So pretty much, you know, with the SEC, you, when you are in default or with anything, report it. Right. They didn't report it. They thought, you know, we can kind it, of. It's a few it, sentences. It'll. Nah, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so talking about sentences, I make sure I don't miss a comma. Gotcha. You, you know, gotcha. our, you know, in 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 our stuff, man, because it's because it's really that serious. And then, mm-hmm. you know, fourth is consistency. You have to be consistent, man. Like if you have a, you know, a good day Monday and you grind it out, don't come in here BS and Tuesday and Wednesday and say, Oh well, I grind hard Monday. I'm good. You know, no, 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 no. Like, you, you, right. you know, come in every day, you know, ready to work. And then, you know, don't grind hard one day and cancel out what you did right. by not grinding the very next day. There it is. How about sure. you as an entrepreneur put yourself in the mindset to grind hard every day, to grind hard that you're actually getting yourself ahead by a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So now you can take a day off, spend with the family. Take, right. take a day off to go support a friend or take a day off to go out there and establish some potential new clients and some sure. new opportunities. For sure. I got time now to go to this networking event tonight. I'm going to go on hit it and see what I can do. There see is. what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I guess what we look for, you know, those four things primarily, but our interview process too. Okay. So I have interviewed um, um, quite a few people here over, over the years, but, you know, our, our, our interview process, um, I wouldn't say me and uh, Pops play good cop and bad cop. Okay. But, 
you know, we definitely do have a strategy. Okay. You know, um, he definitely, you know, comes in and, you know, gets started and, you know, talks to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, we make sure the person is, you know, definitely comfortable. Let them know that this will be, you know, real, kind of informal and all that, even though it ain't. Right. You know, uh, and just trying to see how you react and what it's you formal do. informal. Right. And, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and, 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 you know, one person fell for that one time. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, no. So in, in, in the interview, when we said that, her first a couple of sentences were like, yeah, um, you know, well, I'm glad you said that. And I do want to warn you guys that, you know, some people have uh, called me crazy in, in the past. You know, I and she used to be in the service and everything. Got you. You know, and, and right. all that. And then she just playing, you know, but I don't think I'm crazy. And just kind of was like that. And we were like, okay. So when so when that happened, right. it was a short interview, of course. But right. we couldn't just get out and walk out the room. Right. So, you, you you know, we gave her, you know, an abbreviated interview. Understood. It was about 15 Understood. minutes. And, you know, we definitely gave her a chance to redeem herself. But it just kept getting worse. Gotcha. And, you know, but our actual process is to have the initial interview. And if you do good, do, do good in that, we will um, bring you back for a performance interview. Mm-hmm. And the performance interview is pretty much we'll set up this module on our uh, computer uh, with the documents, the one I showed you. So, you okay, know, yeah, yeah. So, like the documents I showed you, we make those documents. Mm-hmm. So, as far as, you know, the different, you know, charts, graphs that go in there and, you know, just the text itself. You know, um, and those documents get, you know, you know, sent around through the working group. People have different computer systems. Mm-hmm. So when they, you know, may make edits to the document and save it, for example, you might be saving your document um, from a Mac or you might be saving your document from like Microsoft Word, you know, a document from 97 through 2003. But we got Microsoft Word 2018 right. here or whatever. So, so that's messing up the document. So you need to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, configure through those different sales of the document. For sure. And make the, you know, document perfect and look, you know, presentable. And if you can't pass that test, then what's, you know, we can't even use you. Like you right. have to, the jobs that, you know, I mean, we got the legal stuff. On, on lock we got that right you know but we do definitely you know need help of people with you know computer skills who can definitely come in and do work like that those are the type of employees we typically look for for sure you know you, when you were talking about that it reminded me of something another attorney said he said that if he could go he said he said that the best uh degree that attorneys should pursue is english because of all the documents mm-hmm. and and because mm-hmm. you talked about not missing a comma, this that, and you, right, man. So, yeah. So, so it, it, it put me in that mindset. And I also had a question: uh, yes, sir. Who's scarier, the IRS or the SEC? <laughs> I tell you, I break. You know, we, the, we, the, you guys are equally scary. I respect both of you regulatory bodies. I don't want no problems over here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I cut it out. No, I just, I, I, okay. God bless y'all all. And we just going to, yeah. So. Gotcha. All right, man. So let me ask you this. We're going to kind of shift a little bit. Given our, you know, political climate, this and the other things that go on in Memphis, this and the other. Do entrepreneurs have an obligation to take on or give commentary on social issues? An obligation to give commentary? I say no, because some okay. people don't need to be talking publicly on any issues. Fair enough. Let alone social issues. <laughs> Fair enough. But, you know, an obligation to take on social issues. Mm-hmm. If you mean by, you know, advocating, you know, in our community or getting um, politically involved, then yes. Okay. And, you know, and I would say entrepreneurs, you know, have that obligation and obligation to show service, participate in society, mm-hmm. you, you know, an obligation to give back and set the example. 
And you can do that in a couple of ways. One way is by, you know, investing in our communities. Mm-hmm. You know, know the issues affecting our locale. I hear that. You know, we, we, we know we got poverty, you know, child poverty, socioeconomic disparities, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, housing, education. I can go on. Lack of, you know, all-around opportunity and access, pretty much. For sure. You, you know, um, but invest in our communities by actively participating, you know, to remedy these issues. Mm-hmm. You know, research various organizations doing good stuff already in the community, man, doing great work. Absolutely. You know, spread the word, you know, to our communities about leadership development programs, educational and job readiness programs. You know, we in a very unique time locally and nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, uh, <laughs> stuff can get uh, better. Or it can get uh, tremendously worse. Understood. And I really want people to realize that, man, there is an abundance of talent in Memphis. I've been hearing my whole life that Memphis has so much potential. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's about time we realize that potential. I hear that. I hear that. You know, I mean, people in Memphis, you know, they just, you know, people are kind of in their own world. You just, you know, go to work, you know, get your check, go home. And the problems in this community, if it doesn't affect you, you know, the old people mindset, I well, I mean, they're not affecting me. Right. You know, I'm good. My immediate family is good. Mm-hmm. You know, so why should I help out? Why should I get involved? Right. Um, you know, but none of those, but none of these issues that we're currently facing locally or nationally will, you know, ever improve unless we collectively participate in society, collectively get involved, collectively get engaged, mm-hmm. and collectively care to really improve and progress our people, our communities, sure. and, and our society. Mentor somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, before I get into that, you know, some people, I guess, don't really understand what mentoring means. Okay. Mentoring is more than just taking a kid to the greatest game, taking a kid for ice cream, and, you know, talking about how messed up his or her life is. And, All right, well, good to see you. Right. And just go back home. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't have the, it's called mentoring, but you shouldn't have the word mentor in your head. It should be more so developed. I hear that. You know, like we, you know, we got to invest in our youth, man. That's that is our future. We say that, but we need to act like that. Right. You know, um, we need to develop them, train them to be leaders, you know, teach them the importance of taking life seriously early on, Mm -hmm. letting them know that, hey, you're you're a black male. You're 14 years old right now, but you make one mistake. You're not 14 years another black man in the system. You're 18 years old. You'll get charged. We had. A story of that with STS, mm-hmm. you know, one of right. our first men, uh, sure. mentees that, that that happened with him, you know, teach the 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 youth the importance of having a strong work ethic, you know, the importance of the, like distinguishing yourselves from the herd, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of embracing your individual, you know, you know, you know talents, you know, your God given abilities, you know, and making the best of that, you know, be authentic, and you know, I mean, why? Well, why? I mean, because we, we both know to obtain employment, you know, a job or a career or start a business, you have to have a skill. Right. And, you know, not only any skill, but a marketable skill. For sure. And if you want to own a business, you have to have more than one marketable skill. You have to have multiple marketable skills. Right. And you have to be able to perform those marketable skills better than the average person. And, you know, mentoring should not be only seen as, you know, adults mentoring the youth. It should also be seen, you know, as professional and professional mentoring. I hear that. So, you know, seasoned professionals should, you know, purposely, you know, want to take, you know, you know, junior or associates, you know, under his or her wing in their respective fields and, and teach them the game. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that they're knowledgeable and cognizant, you know, who to talk to, who not to talk to, you know, that they're, you know, 
that they had the wherewithal to, you know, not only survive, but to thrive in their business and grow. Right. And so when this season professional leaves, you know, the person that or people that he or she trained up, they're ready to step in his or her place. Or if not, they're ready to just go on and be great elsewhere. Right. But, you know, mentoring, in my opinion, it does not just stop with the youth. You, you know, it, it definitely and we should definitely put more emphasis on that. Gotcha. Especially in Memphis, man. For sure. Because a lot of people, you know, in particular positions have the mindset, I don't want to, you know, train or mentor anyone because that person is my competition. They might come take my spot. Right. And, you, you know, it's like personally, like, you know, if you're confident in your abilities and what you can do. There it is. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Right. You know, so. That's that on that, I guess. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. Well, I, I think we'll make that a nice segue to the next question. Who are your mentors, Corbett? So, I got a main course go with, you know, my mother and father. Of course. And everything, of course. Of course. Uh, and my brother as well, man. Okay. Know? My uh, older brother, Charles, um, he is actually the finance guru of the family. Okay. Uh, we do municipal finance, but, you know, uh, but he is like, um, he works at a FedEx uh, in the Treasury Department. Um, oh, okay. But he is, you know, he's worked with, you know, a few corporations here as a financial analyst. Like, mm-hmm. he's very, I guess finance is just like his innate talent attribute. Um, gotcha. You know, he's putting me on game as far as, you know, learning how to watch the market and you know, learning how to invest in multiple things because, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want financial freedom and you really want to build, you know, generational wealth for yourself, you got to have more than one stream of income coming in. There it is. And, you know, my goal is to get at least seven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, of course, one here, then I do definitely want to have, you know, some, you know, some investments. You right. Know, with real property, you know, some, you know, mutual funds, stocks and bonds and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm learning, you know, have some baseline foundational knowledge, but that's mm-hmm. what he's an expert in. Gotcha. And, you know, and I I won't say any more names because if I leave someone out, someone will be pretty mad with me. So, right. but I will say that I was blessed to have, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, role models and influences coming up. And not only just, you know, um, you know, um, with people that I can just reach out and touch and have conversations with, but influences as far as you know what i saw on tv mm-hmm. you know as far as you know with uh you know music you know what i heard coming up and everything you know? sure um and that's crazy because you know the youth today they don't have nearly as many role models and positive influences as we did coming up so right even something so small man is you know i can remember me watching you know i grew up on you know martin fresh prince of bel-air mm-hmm. the real world the cosby show mm-hmm. you know what they watching now reality tv you right. know love and hip-hop and stuff like that right and if you habitually watch stuff like that over the years that's gonna try it's, it's gonna change your way of thinking it's gonna pretty much shape how you view things how you think how you act mm-hmm. because i mean i still you know <laughs> Jokingly, I mean, like, I still, you know, spit lines from the Fresh Prince every once in a while. We all do. You know, (laughs) we all do. (laughs) So, you know, us doing that, you know, you know, hate to say, but I can see them repeating lines from Love and Hip Hop or something like that five years from now. You know, all these reality TV shows is, you know, not educational, it's not motivational, it's not giving them anything positive to look up to, not seeing people that look like them in a positive light Mm -hmm. unless it's sports or entertainment. For sure. Uh, real quick, have you ever had to turn down a client before? And you don't have to name names, you know. But if you got a story to share, hell yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, that, that bad, me, huh? Man, let me tell you. I mean, but you know, 
all problems ain't worth it. For sure. Right, right. All money ain't good money. You, mm-hmm. you can't help everybody, you know. But to answer the question, yes, sir, I have definitely turned down a client or two in my gotcha. day. Um, you know, and as well as potential conflict of interest and everything. For sure. No, no, I understood that. Well, if you can, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, in general, kind of explain what are some red flags to look for when you just, when it gets to the point where like, nah, this ain't gonna work. One, if someone says that, hey, um, scheduling me, you know, so in business, you know, my time is valuable and I respect the person, you know, that their time is valuable. Absolutely. Just as valuable, if Absolutely. Not more valuable. Absolutely. You know, so if we schedule a meeting, you know, and one, you know, the meeting is at five or something like that and you come at six, mm. that's a problem. That's a red flag. Gotcha. Or we schedule a meeting and I don't hear from you at all. And that's another red flag. Sure. If, you know, and we'll work with almost anyone, you know, and because we want to actually service and help people. So mm-hmm. even though we primarily do municipal finance, for sure, someone comes in with different legal issues. I mean, we'll try to solve them ourselves um, or we'll try to, you know, definitely steer them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, been times that not times it's still currently like I probably, you know, give so much free legal advice out, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to help people. And, you know, I'm. I'm and then I, but I, but I let them know and put them in, in, in perspective. I say, look, you know, we just talked about an hour. <laughs> right. right there. I gave you all that. Another attorney would have charged you about $500 or something like Absolutely. that. You Absolutely. You know, but, you know, so don't take advantage of that. You can't call me anytime with no stuff like that because right. I got stuff to do. But right. I don't mind helping out definitely because gotcha. that is, you know, that I feel like that's our duty. For we, sure. You know, definitely that, you know, service people help out mm-hmm. and, you know, educate the community on or people in general on just various things. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yes, I appreciate that. Because, like, that that's one of the things that people kind of, you know, deal with when they run a company. Like, when is that point where, you, like, it's time to go ahead and cut this off? So, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. All entrepreneurs have a superpower, man. What's yours and why? Man, the ability to stay up. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Man, gotcha. But but no, man. Uh, I say two things. I say my mind and my heart. Okay. So uh, my mind, you know, gives me the mental strength. It gives me, you know, the vision. It uh, it it, it enables me to be so strategic mm-hmm. in everything I do, man. You know, don't no matter how small or big the obstacle or your project is. For sure. You know, um, you have to be strategic in everything you do, you know, as far as, you, you know, from how you get up in the morning, how you want to, you know, you know, uh, conduct your day, you know, um, coming into different meetings, what I want to talk about, you know, how I will be able to, you know, navigate the different conversations, mm-hmm. walking into a room, oh, like, okay, who going to be in the room, you know, just, right. you know, just mapping out and always being strategic and thinking and, you know, thinking five, six steps ahead because you have to. Right. Um, you know, I always say, you know, think before you speak analyze before you act and i will go with my heart because uh i say that gives me my physical strength you know it 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 pumps that passion into me it pumps that resilience into me it pumps that grit and grind into me Mm -hmm. and you know it pumps that compassion and it pumps the compassion which is good because if it didn't pump the compassion to my heart i feel like i probably wouldn't be as simply involved as i am i hear that and i feel like i wouldn't work as hard as i do understood you know because um you know it's it's crazy how much i'm motivated i've seen you know my people hurt and struggle and you know not saying you you know that i have a sense of guilt and like that i don't at all no i got you you know what i'm saying but i want to do what i can and give it my all to make sure that you know 
not only can I, you know, set the example and all that stuff, but what I'm doing can actually tangibly effectuate some change. Right. You're, you're sympathizing with people who look like you. Definitely. That is definitely. understood. Understood. Yeah, for sure. So this is the point of the show, man. You know, you got any business ventures, anything you want to promote? Floor is yours to do that, man. Man, I got quite a few, actually, man. Man, throw it out there. I'm not going to lie. Throw it out there. Throw it out there. I know you got your hands in a lot of stuff, so. Man, <laughs> too much stuff sometimes. I might have to uh, put them back in my pocket, man, or something. I ain't going to walk away. But, uh... <laughs> But I do want to plug the um, April Fourth Foundation. Okay, um, this is one of uh, my nonprofits. I've been on this. Uh, I've been a board member with this organization for about six years now. This okay, is my sixth year. Mm-hmm. But it's a five hundred one c three, you know, nonprofit grassroots organization. Okay, you know, we throw our annual uh, commemorative banquet uh, for MLK um, every year on April Fourth. This okay. year will be on on April third. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much, uh, we recognize individuals uh, that promote excellence in the field of economic justice and equality. I hear that. You know, there was. Um, that Dr. King dreamed about. Mm-hmm. And I know this year, uh, like I said, we have an annual uh, banquet on April 3rd um, okay. at the Hilton Hotel. Um, we're honoring uh, five individuals this year. We're going to give them I, the R I Am a Man Award. Okay. So that award is presented to individuals pretty much who continue to strive to keep Dr. King's dream alive and bring okay. it into being. For sure. You know, um, so this year we're going to honor J.C. Lee Douglas Sr., Mm-hmm. James Charles Evers, uh, Chris Christopherson, Joan uh, Moore Holland, and Congressman Charles Rangel. Okay. And so, mm. past okay. recipients of the reward been like you know Bobby Seal, you know, gotcha. you know Diane Nash, Congressman right. Harold Ford Senior, Judge Joe Brown, Harry Belafonte, Bill Lucy, you mm-hmm. know, people of that magnitude. For man. sure. With STS Enterprise, man, mm-hmm. shout out first of all to. First of all, shout out to you for even, you know, wanting to be a part of, you know, Absolutely. STS Enterprise Corporation, Absolutely. man. We definitely need more, you know, powerful, you know, intelligent, driven black brothers and black sisters, you know, definitely wanting to get back and invest in our community. For sure. But for the audience, if you don't mm-hmm. know, STS Enterprise is pretty much a 501c3 leadership development organization dedicated to developing and empowering the next generation of leaders. Um, so we focus primarily on... Um, high school students and uh, students at the collegiate level. And we have our mentee membership drive coming up. So if you're interested in uh, uh, being a mentee, um, high school, uh, college, um, go to our website, www.stsenterprise.org, and you can apply to be a mentee there, and as well as mentor. We Mm -hmm. have our mentor recruitment drive going on, I believe, starting next month. So just do the same thing, hit our website. Um, if you want to become a partner in excellence with us, we have a, a current goal of to get 500 people who will give us $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, December 1st, 2017, we were um, in business for five years. It was our five-year anniversary. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been with STS. This is my fourth year with STS. So pretty much um, I was with, uh, you know, uh, the boss man, uh, Mr. Jamie Calhoun, and the boss man, Mr. Alton Cryer. Mm-hmm. Uh from the uh, jump, it was a funny story how we met too. Uh, okay. But uh, so I mean, well, <laughs> real quick. So gotcha. it was my I think second year of law school, man. Well, going into my second year, I was on this criminal justice panel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking and then after the panel, they just walked up to me, man, and then um, they just came up and said, "Hey, man, you know, we like we had to stay on the panel, man. You spoke the real all that." And I'm like, "All right, I appreciate that." And, all that. and they said, "We got this organization, and you know, with the youth." And then. My eyes got so big because I was looking for something like that. Gotcha. And I was like, okay. And I, and like I always say, God has a plan. Everything happens for a reason. And, you know, when that happened, I'm like, okay. 
and then just seeing how genuine those guys are and everything and how genuine loving and embracing and progressive the culture is with STS for sure how could I say no how could I how, how would I not want to be a part of that right so that's where we are now we got two big events coming up we got our March Madness 3 on 3 basketball tournament mm-hmm. uh, March 24th this Saturday actually uh, it's going to be at the uh, MAM Center in South Memphis the Memphis Athletic Ministries on Ball Road um, if you want a team we currently have 11 teams now Trying to get 16, so come on, people need about five more. It ain't number $50. Right. Just, you know, please come out, support, show their love. It's free admission. So if you don't play, just come out and just be there. You right. know, just be a part of the atmosphere. Just, you know, because we're definitely going to give, you know, uh, giveaways. going to give away stuff like, you know, laptops, you know, mm-hmm. different, you know, gift cards and everything of that sort. And uh, bringing out the leaders um, is our um, annual collegiate event. We call this the biggest collegiate event in the Mm -hmm. Mid-South. We bring out about 200 uh, college students. Uh, This year is our fifth annual. Nice. uh, Bringing out the leaders. Um, Special guest appearances uh, from Mayor Jim Strickland, uh, Mayor Mark Luxell. It'll be moderated by Kayla Graff. Um, And on the panel, we'll have Andrea Duncan from Carrier Corporation, Elizabeth Lemons from Epicenter, Donald Comer from FedEx and Caleb Park from Cushman and Wakefield. So Project MI is, um, I'm part of this organization. This organization was created by um, Professor Demetria Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Demetria Frank, you know, amazing woman, mm-hmm. you know, intelligent, ambitious, you know, beautiful on the inside and out. You For know, sure. grassroots is a, you know, it's a grassroots effort to eliminate mass incarceration in the mm-hmm. school to prison pipeline. You know, while addressing, you know, racial injustice in the criminal justice system. So they have a few things going on. Um, one is their legislative and policy campaign. And that is where you're giving training on how the legislative process actually works. Gotcha. You know, how to research and stay updated with current legislation. Uh, they have their youth um, advocates digital campaign. So where different Project MI members or, you know, just supporters, they mm-hmm. will call, you know, these legislatures, you know, to support or oppose a particular bill. Gotcha. You know, they have their narrative committee, uh, which is doing now, which is pretty cool, man. So it's uh, they're building our community's uh, campaign. This is an art competition. Okay. So um, the submission deadline's passed, though, now. But, okay. you know, but pretty much it's open to all Chevy County high school students mm-hmm. to pretty much express, you know, uh, you know, ideas on how to improve their communities. Um, but those selected entries will be premiered at the uh, first annual Youth Activism and Leadership Summit this oh, nice. summer. Um, it's going to be called My City, My Voice. It's going to be at okay. Lamar College, July 28th at 9 a.m. Um, but it's for all high school students in the city. The goal is to get about 200 high school students out, man. Just come out, you know, um, with that we'll have a Memphis Leadership Panel, uh, Know Your Rights Theater Session, workshops on conflict resolution, self-advocacy, and youth activism. I hear that. And, you know, this is an event that, you know, um, I hope Project MI is able to sustain and keep going because this is, you know, pivotal. And I think that this can greatly benefit the youth in Memphis. Um, last thing with Project MI, they have the Youth Advocacy Program. Okay. Takes place at, at, at Carver High School. You know, Carver High School now is an alternative high school. Right, right. You know, so, you know, but that's the only, you know, re-entry program in Shelby County Schools. Okay. So, you know, of course, targets youth who have been informally incarcerated. Um, the focus of the program is to get students' career and college ready. Um, I think they currently serve about 40 students. Um, you know, their number fluctuates, though, due to, to the transitioning back to For Hope sure. Academy and some to traditional regular high schools, whatever. Sure. But if you want to become a member, uh, a mentor in Project MI, just email Memphis at gmail.com and you do like a you know a, a short training uh, you know you can't okay. just 
can't just go, go and walk in there like right. that. You know, you know how we do an STS. <laughs> right, you for gotta, sure. You got to have some kind of training, right. you know. Something, right, but, for sure. You know, Which I think uh, is important, though, right? Because because uh, you can't just have people just come off the street. I mean, I mean, they may have good intentions, or sometimes they don't have good intentions. Right. You need to vet that out. Right. So, no, that's exactly. understood. And that's understood. Definitely. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and for personal gain and, only for, and, and also for the safety of the children, too. For man, sure. Because for these sure. folk out here crazy. They are. And you never know what a person is thinking, what mm-hmm. they, you know, like you said, arterial motives and whatnot. But, um... But follow uh, Project in Mind on, on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash groups slash Project in Mind. Their website is uh, projectmimphis.com. But I do want to shout out some other Memphis organizations doing their thing too, man. For sure. You, you know, um, got to shout out Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. with uh, Attorney Erica Perry with the, you know, the Bell Fund. You know, that is just one great initiative that they do over there, Black Lives Matter. So kudos and salute to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Living Grace, you know, with uh, Shalia Harris, mm-hmm. um, Campaign for School Equity uh, with Mandel Grinter, you know, Stand for Children, you know, mm-hmm. Cardell, you know, uh, C3 um, with Keadrian Franklin, Bridges, mm-hmm. Mid-South Peace and Justice Center, uh, Street Ministries, mm-hmm. uh, Black Girls Code, you know, just organizations like that are already out here doing the work. Right. You know, so people need to definitely get involved with organizations like this and join them. Make them stronger because the work that they're doing is actually work that's actually benefiting the community. For sure. And more people, if you're looking to get involved, do that. Right. (laughs) Lastly, and very important, I got to talk about voting. Okay. You know, he goes without saying voting is very important. You know, voting is one of, you know, our greatest power as mm-hmm. uh, citizens. Early voting in you uh, in Shelby County is April the 11th through April 26th. And just a few um, stats, a few statistics to show you how <laughs> how it needs work. You right. know, the primaries in, you know, 2014, man, out of the 533,000 people that were registered, only 18% of people voted. That number is just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, the primaries in 2016, you know, out of all the people registered, 30, 30% voted. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people have to understand the importance of voting, especially in local elections. Absolutely. Local elections are Absolutely. more important than mm-hmm. national elections. Yes, they are. Because local elections control your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So people not only vote, but Know your congressperson for your district. Know your state representative. Know your city council person. Know your county commissioner. It gets to a point that, you know, actually, I can't. <laughs> a lot of the people I talk to don't even know who that person is. And, you know, that's the person that you need to talk to to get things done in your community. Right. They, that person is your voice of your district or your respective community. Mm-hmm. If that person does not know of your gripe or your, or, or your you know, complaint or whatnot, how would that, you know, get improved? Right. And especially if they already don't care to fix it anyway. So we need to hold them accountable and hold ourselves accountable. For sure. Um, but, I mean, let's just be sure to support, you know, the candidates, especially the black candidates, you know, the young black progressive candidates like mm-hmm. London Lamar, you know, running for state representative District 91, you know, Attorney Van Turner, you know, Ramesh Akbari, mm-hmm. you know, um, Mr. McHale Lowry running for county commission district uh with seven. Attorney JB Smiley running for the same district. Mm-hmm. Both of those, you know District Eight, by the district way. District eight. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no uh, McHale JB don't get me. <laughs> but you know, both of those, you know, are you know, dope brothers and dope individuals, mm-hmm. man. Very intelligent, you know. Um Tammy Sawyer, you know, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Scrubs running for um 
school board. I think mm-hmm. district one. Yeah. You know, but if you want to, you know, see who's running and what district and whatnot, just go to www.shelbyvote.com. And they'll give you the list of everyone running, you know, and whichever Democratic you know, or, or, or Republican Party and right. what position they're running for. But, you know, I mean, people get actively engaged. Right. You, you know, actively participate, actively use your voice. You know, again, hold the leaders and yourself accountable, mm-hmm. especially hold the leaders accountable. Be tenacious. Be patient. You know, nothing changes overnight, man. Right. Um. And people who, you know, want to be out here and, you know, effectuate change, so to say, get out your own way. You know, your idea is not the only idea. There it is. You're going to be wrong sometimes. It's you okay. Know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's, 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 it's more than one way to skin a cat. You can, you can, you can, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. How do y'all always say, mm-hmm. you know, but, and, and, and have fun while doing it. Why not? Have fun while <laughs> doing it too, man. You know, but. Before I stop talking, I know I've been talking a lot. It's all good. Might be like five interviews here. But uh, <laughs> I just want to You definitely, you know, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lawson. Thank you again to your lovely wife, Kenda. I mean, I want to shout out Al's, man. You, you know, you guys do a lot of great things. You know, as far as, you know, I, I, I check out your website, man. I, I listen to your podcast all the time just to get that knowledge. I love what you're doing with the podcast. Thank you for not only giving me the opportunity, but thank you for, you know, giving everyone else the opportunity. Thank you for, like, providing this platform Absolutely. for people to come and, you know, talk and be able to, you know, give different perspectives. For sure. And, you know, to get out there and really put it out there because, I mean, you're a man of integrity. I mean, what I say, it won't be, you know, skewed in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to put the stuff out there, how I said it, fair and everything. And it's how your it story. Needs to be. Exactly. It's your story. Exactly. And, you know, how the way the media does things nowadays, <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, so it's so when I say that you're a breath of fresh air, <laughs> you are a breath of fresh air, man. And, you know, we all, and how you say on your website, man, learn, grow, and innovate. There it is. You know, that definitely spoke to me, and it's something that I definitely live by. Um, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure, good brother. Likewise. I really appreciate you. And again, thank you for the opportunity, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for those kind words. I'm pretty sure Kenda appreciates those words as well. Any parting advice for an entrepreneur, just anybody out there, man, just looking to try to better themselves. Any parting advice? Get up and get it. And if you're scared, push on anyway. I hear that. Step outside your box. Step outside your comfort zone. Real progression is uncomfortable. Absolutely. You, you know, real progression is uncomfortable. You're going to fall a lot. You're going to get a lot of scrapes on your knees, your elbows, <laughs> and all that. You know, hopefully you don't get any black eyes, nothing like that along the way. Right. But you never know, man. But whatever happens, dust yourself off. And again, every successful entrepreneur has one thing in common, that they never gave up. There so never give up. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for this very content-rich episode of Start of Life. <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. Yes, I feel like now I got to go crack open a law book or something I now. Mean, so. I mean, you know, you know, you know, and, you know, I, I know I said a lot, man. Hope your phone battery is not about to die. It is, uh, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. No, you know. no, seriously, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do in our community, and I appreciate your time on the Start of Life. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And if you ever want to have me back, man, absolutely. anytime you absolutely. have a number, good brother, anytime, you just let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, so here's my final take. Corbin is one of my favorite guests because he's one of those entrepreneurs that's not only well-versed in his own craft, but many other different areas of interest to him as well. 
which allows me as a host to ask you know, different follow-up questions that I normally am able to ask. Corbin is very intuitive and insightful, and you can tell that he's a lawyer because he's very detail-oriented. And I can't wait to see what he does with Carpenter Law moving forward. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you're there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on iTunes and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.